Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Maddie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, back at long last for episode 169. Yay! Oh, it's been a long time. It's been quite a while since we've last spoken here for the show. <laughs> um, but we're back and we're back in action and hopefully can be consistent now. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully things will work out. Um, where to start? The last time you heard from us, it was book club. We read our book. Gosh, yeah. And this is a month and a half later, almost. Our longest break ever. Our longest break yet. (laughs) We've been taking a a few big breaks lately. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) I wonder when our own big break will come. Am I right? (laughs) But I do want to point out, I've been kind of monitoring off and on uh, there has not been a single or a day that's gone by without a single stream of the podcast. So people wow. are still listening. Thanks, everybody. Or at least downloading episodes. That's um, cool. But yeah, so I now live in Madrid, in España. <laughs> and uh, I just started my new job today. So I feel like usually chapters in my life are like slowly and incrementally incrementally like laid out week mm-hmm. to week on the pod but mm-hmm. i think i skipped through like three or four chapters between episodes <laughs> i feel like an, a, another new chapter has opened up today so it, it, it uh it works to bring back the pod nice i really want to hear all about it yeah i don't know how much to get into but uh yeah. Let's start out with uh, with your side of things. What have you been up to lately? <laughs> I'll, I'll well, try to organize my thoughts to put okay. it uh, succinctly or fairly succinctly. <laughs> I have not had nearly as major life updates as you in the past couple of weeks. I've, I've really just been doing school. This is my third year of my PhD program. So I kind of feel like I'm, you know, a junior for the third time in my life, <laughs> which is the hardest year mm-hmm. <laughs> always. It just is every single time. All three times I've been a junior now, it's been the hardest year. This semester so far has been crazy busy. I've just been like, go, go, go with school stuff. But it's really exciting school stuff. Like it's not even just, you know, projects or papers or whatever. Because I'm a grad student. So I get like invited on to do like jobs for money. Real <laughs> so that's person like, work. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Out in the real world doing stuff. Um, and it's all just like really, really exciting. So I can't say no. Like I just kind of have this, I don't, I feel like I have an obligation to say yes to everything I'm asked to do, but it's also like genuinely exciting to me and I want to take on more stuff. So I just kind of been saying yes to a lot of stuff Mm. and, uh, it's been a little fast paced for me. I am a lot of food on the plate. Yeah. (laughs) I like to live a relatively slow and easy life. (laughs) And this has been a lot for me, but it's also really exciting. So yeah, I've just been busy. I gotcha. Yeah. Not, not a bad thing to be most of the times. No. Yeah. It's honestly been really fun and I've been doing fun stuff with my friends and, and things like that in between. Last weekend, I went to Palisade. Actually, that was just like a couple days ago. Nice. That was really fun. I ate a lot of peaches. Next weekend, I'm going to Rhode Island to visit my friends who moved out there. Mm. Um, so it just kind of feels like, I don't know. It's like really busy, hectic school weeks. But then there's also always a nice thing to look forward to on the weekends right now. Yeah. It's been really nice. That sounds super cool. Um, let's see. I, I, I'll just I'll try to run down the chapters <laughs> as they have come up. <laughs> um, so. I came here to Spain, stayed in a hotel for a week and and met people and did lots of paperwork to kind of get everything set up. Uh, nice. Met lots of people who are doing kind of the same thing as I am, just in different schools and mm-hmm. across uh, Madrid. So basically, I'm working in a program um, where I'm assistant teaching English uh, at a high school in the community of Madrid, which is like a, a region of Spain. So I live in the city, but I teach, I commute to the suburb, to a suburb to teach uh, in the daytime. And I actually just started that today. Before that, after the hotel stuff, before anything else, I actually went to a homestay and took uh, Spanish classes every day. 
to improve my Spanish language speaking, which is definitely better than when I first arrived here, but <laughs> probably still not quite where I want it to be. <laughs> so during those Spanish classes, I actually stayed at a homestay. It was me and uh, it was just a guy and his cat. And nice. uh, we hung out. <laughs> it was super nice because he lives right in the city center. I was right in the middle of everything. And he actually didn't speak any English. So I had to get by. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that was really beneficial um, yeah. to yeah, have it have to like communicate somehow in Spanish because I'm I've getting I'm getting fairly good at uh like listening and reading and understanding, but mm-hmm. when having to speak on my own, it's still a little tricky. I I, I often can't find the words I'm looking for. Mm. But uh it'll be a work in progress. I need to continue to find opportunities where I have to speak in Spanish. <laughs> um the opposite of this pod where we are speaking English. Um, But in that time I actually found a place to live. And so I have now leased an apartment and I've been living here for a solid two and a half weeks or so now um, with some friends that I met uh, during the first week at the hotel. That's so fun. And I've actually made quite a lot of friends here among um, other like auxiliaris, other Americans uh, doing this sort of thing mm-hmm. and that's been really nice because it's so fun to hang out with people i love yeah. hanging out with people <laughs> and that's a big part awesome. of spanish culture is just hanging out with people so i love that yeah that's been a big plus and uh, lots of hanging out throughout all of these events um nice. but i had a chance to travel a little bit go see uh some or a concert uh i got a tattoo a couple days ago nice and I don't know, it all seems to be happening, but a new chapter definitely started, like the, the big chapter kind of started today, because uh, mm-hmm. I had my first day on the job. And so Is now- Is cool? Like, do you, are you at the school all day, every weekday? No. So <laughs> I get paid a good amount, like relatively, um, for how much we're working, because it's only 16 hours a week. Oh, okay. It's only four hours a day and it's, it's split up. So I'm going to be at the school for longer than four hours, because it's- I assist like a specific class Mm -hmm. in blocks, Um, but it's actually also only for four days a week. So I have every Friday off. That is really nice. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm excited for that. And it also gives me time to do my other job, which is online tutoring, which I've also been keeping up. I took a break for a while, but at a certain point, actually, when I moved in to the, the apartment of my own. I started doing that again. So I've been able to do a little bit of that and, and earn some money because I sure sure as hell am spending lots of money. So <laughs> I got to bring it back, bring some back somehow. Um, nice. Because it has been really fun being here, but I've been spending lots of money and no, no, I don't get paid until the end of October. Gotcha. Uh, I'm only now just starting out. Gotcha. So the, the, the accounts have taken a, a bit of a hit, but nothing too drastic we're still chilling so okay good (laughs) that's a short summary of what's what i've been up to what's been going that is so exciting i'm so happy i feel like so much is happening after so little happened the last year or (laughs) so before that so it's it's definitely interesting and a change of pace good i'm really glad what an exciting time yeah so I'm thinking here for this episode, I can do like a little wrap up of like a September wrap up and then just a couple things from August as well. Okay. Um, Cause I have not finished any books since the last time we've talked <laughs> when we read, <laughs> I who have never known men. I don't know if you have any books you want to talk about. Mm, I read, I finally, finally read killers of the flower moon, mm. which I think talked about wanting to read for a while i've owned it for a long time Mm -hmm. and i finally got around to it in this last month it was so good i would highly recommend it's the story of um how the fbi kind of came to be through a series of really crazy tragic murders um of in a native american tribe and it's just so like wild wild west and i I love that so much i really want to read more stuff with that setting because it was I don't know. It did a great job of like putting you into this sort of cowboy outlaw 
atmosphere. And at the time it was like these sort of detectives, like genuine, like the people who are going to help you find justice and stuff are sort of outside of the law. Like they're kind of operating on their own. They're gritty Mm. and they're cowboys. (laughs) And that's so I wish it was still like that, but it's not, but it was just, I don't know. The cowboys gone for real. It was a cool story where you get, got to like actually be rooting for like the law, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Imagine rooting for the law. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was just nicely lined up. And it was also so fascinating. And I really love um, a nonfiction story that's like written in such a way where like the mystery is still unfolding before your eyes. Like if, if you weren't familiar with the story, even though it, it did happen in real life, it's shocking to read. And I wasn't familiar with it. So that was really, really fun for me. And I just like think it's such a cool skill to be able to tell a story that way. Um, and it was also, I think, really did a great job of being like respectful to the victims of all these crimes and everything. And it was great. I highly recommend. I think it's the only one that I finished since mm-hmm. we last spoke. Very cool. I'm, I'm excited some. to go see it on the big screen. The yeah, I am excited. The adaptation. Woohoo! And then if it's good, maybe I'll read the book, I guess, or something, something, <laughs> something like that. Um, so I didn't yet finish a book since the last time we've spoken, but I wanted to talk about my my book reading endeavors since being here um, okay. and also introduce our next uh, book club book, mm-hmm. which I haven't started, but I do possess and I will okay. probably start it now. Um, okay, me too. So I, I, w- I went to the bookstore and bought a couple of things yesterday. And nice. one of them is a parallel textbook. Okay. Each page is w- the same in Spanish and in English. Oh, cool. Around. Okay. And I thought that was a, such a cool thing. And I haven't started that one yet, but I'm going to in the next couple of days. I, something that I think is very helpful for like vocabulary is reading in Spanish. Totally. So before I came here, actually, when I was in the States, I bought Don Quixote, uh, mm-hmm. this, the Spanish version. It's one that I've read in English before. And so I'll, and, and that, that one's pretty tough going. <laughs> the, the language is a little, uh, uh, I don't know, trickier in that one. Mm-hmm. I did, uh, at, at the bookstore yesterday, I did see Cien Años de Soledad in Spanish, which is 100 Years of Solitude. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I almost bought it, but I think that I need to finish one of these other ones first and then revisit that one. There is a different um, Garcia Marquez book there, uh, Love in the Time of Cholera, that I almost bought in English, but I said, I, and I would have bought that one if they had it in Spanish, but I said, I'll, I'll wait for now because I don't want to be... If I'm trying to learn to read in Spanish, I don't want to read original Spanish language text translated into English. I think I got to go for the... the totally. I yeah. really want to love in the time of cholera. I wanted to read it really bad when the COVID pandemic was going on, mm-hmm. but I just didn't get around to it. But now I'm still like, no, I should really <laughs> so mm-hmm. check that out. <laughs> yeah. So I had a couple near misses with uh, with his stuff, but he is one of one of his short stories. Is it so? The the parallel text I got is a um, a, sh- a group of short stories by Spanish language authors. Only one from Spain, most from Latin America. Uh, but there is a Gabriel Garcia Marquez story in there that I'm excited to check out and uh, read. So I've only actually really been to one bookstore that I really like. I just been there twice now um but it has books in english and spanish and the guy that um runs it is super cool so i wanted to give a shout out it's called desperate literature oh that's Um, cool and uh yeah so i'm also yeah i'm reading a book that i got from there that i got at the beginning that i'm almost done with so i'll hopefully have two or maybe even three books to uh, talk about at the end of October. We'll see. My big goal, the only book that I have plans to read this month is Carmilla, which I just bought yesterday. Carmilla is uh, like a very old vampire story about a female vampire, which I love. But this mm. book, like this was written like before Dracula, like it's kind of an original vampire story. So I'm really excited to look, kind of know what that entails. And it's illustrated. That's why I bought it. Awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. See how that goes. And then, yeah, I'll also read the book club book, which cool. I did buy, and it seems like it's going to be a pretty quick one. Yeah. I'm here to announce the next book club book as it is yeah. my turn to pick the book. Um, <laughs> I actually decided on this before I left, or I, I decided on it after I got here, but it was one of the three books I brought with me uh, to read here. Nice. Um, and it is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Woohoo. I did not know before I bought this book that Jules Verne wrote so many famous things. <laughs> He just seems like a very interesting guy. Center of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, that's all one dude. I guess that makes sense. A lot of adventure stories. Yeah. Well, I'd actually, I I just seeming had been running into lots of stuff related to him and his work, Um, Mm -hmm. specifically related to Disney. Also, before I left, I fell into a rabbit hole of a YouTube channel called Defunct Land, which just talks about- I love Defunct Land. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm glad those videos. Familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. so there's a couple of those where there's like a specific Disney Imagineer who really liked Jules Verne. And there's a, a few projects that he did that kind of got kiboshed that were related to <laughs> Jules Verne type stuff. And I was like, this is super interesting. It also reminded me of this Czech director, Carl Zeman, which I feel like I've talked about on here some point, but uh, he did a lot of Jules Verne adaptations. Okay. And so I went out and found a, a Jules Verne book when I was still in Colorado. And nice. uh, yeah, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I'm excited to read it and uh, talk about it for the next book club, whenever we decide that that is. Uh, yeah, so that's that's books. Cool. I want to talk about what I've been, how I've been watching stuff here, which is actually super okay. fun. I'm really excited to go watch more movies because... Um, it's just, it's only a little bit farther now, but where I'm at now, um, but it was very close to where my host family was. Um, and it is the Filmoteca, the, uh, government film program, the theater that they screen them at is super pretty old building, like a classic artsy old theater. Uh, tickets are only two euros to go see a movie. So cool. And uh, I'm excited to go watch more stuff there. Basically how they do a lot of things here is uh, VOSE, which is original with Spanish subtitles. So any movie that's in English is going to be like screened in English with Spanish subtitles or any other languages just with Spanish subtitles. And I'm really happy for that because I don't like dubbing. I know, <laughs> I know that in in like some other countries they do. Even in in uh, in Prague, they had a lot of movies that were dubbed in Czech. Yeah, I really don't like that either. Except and, for the studio. Oh yeah, I like the dubbing. <laughs> classic, classic. So that one is super cool and. It just feels very historic. I want to go check out more of it and like hope my Spanish is good enough to talk to people there about <laughs> stuff and maybe they'll like give me a job. I don't know. I want to I want to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to work somewhere out here in Europe uh at like a film house similar to that. So I need to do some more investigating into that. There's another place that I have not been yet that I've heard very good things about called Sala Equis, which is a bar and also a movie theater. I was looking at their program and every Wednesday they have a banger or at least something that I want to see. So that might just be my Wednesday night thing is to just go to Sala Equis and watch a movie, have a drink and whatever. Nice. Um, but this Wednesday, they're actually screening a Spanish movie um, in VO, which is just version original, just normal. So no Spanish subtitles either, just in Spanish and uh, see how it goes. Very cool. When I was staying at the host house, I watched a couple movies with him that were in Spanish, but with Spanish subtitles. And I found that to be mostly Okay. <laughs> Because they talk very fast here. <laughs> That's the hardest part about learning Spanish here is that everyone speaks so quickly. So have, seeing the stuff on the screen was very helpful. Um, so I'm going to okay. go check out a movie where that's not the case and uh, report back, I guess. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm excited to hear about it. 
Yeah. I ha- I didn't watch a whole lot uh, over the last two months, but I, I've recently I've gotten into the swing of it. Now, since being at the at the new apartment, um, nice. I've been watching I, stuff again. I've really noticed in the past month and a half, like just how much knowing that we're going to do a wrap up encourages me to watch movies. And mm-hmm. when like it's not that sort of pressure, I am worse at it. <laughs> uh. Watching all that much, but I is do that have like, some. Is that like a good thing though? Yeah, is it sure. like, oh no, I'm forced into watching movies now? Oh no. Gosh darn it. Bummer for me. I have to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I miss having the like, I think I think more critically about the things that I watch too when I know that I'm going to have to say something about mm. it on the wrap up. So okay, I do, yeah. yeah, I miss the atmosphere that this creates for me where I'm really encouraged to watch and think about movies. <laughs> Be an active, active viewer, yeah. Yeah. which is like kind of the point. So that's like strangely comforting to hear. It's very comforting. The podcast is- still serves a purpose because I've <laughs> yeah, been kind of wrestling with that. <laughs> Did you talk about anything that you watched in August? Yes. In August, at the end of August, I watched, oh, actually in the middle of August, but I think like right after we did our last wrap up episode, I watched a new perfect 10 out of 10 movie for me, which is Before Sunrise. I didn't talk about that on the Mm. pod, did I? Uh -uh. I love Before Sunrise. I have actually not seen Before You must see it. I know that's that's one that I've been missing out on for quite a while, but. It is so sweet and just such a fun watch i was just kind of like looking for a romance where there's a lot of longing and pining (laughs) and i I found this one which is just exactly that it's about these two strangers who meet while they're traveling in europe they meet on a train and they just have such an instant connection they just understand each other's language and each other's banter so well like you can just tell right away that neither of them is really met a person quite like the other one ever before Mm -hmm. and they just kind of spontaneously decide to get off the train together and spend a full day together before they have to go do their separate things and they they just kind of like fall in love in this one day and you get to just sort of watch it all play out and it's just so cute it's so sweet they're so good at communicating with each other like the dialogue of this movie is just so thoughtful and really fun to listen to and you're just really rooting for them the whole time and i loved it i gave it a 10 out of 10 and i'm gonna watch the second one and the third one (laughs) soon and i'm really excited because i was looking at letterboxd and both of them also had like really high scores like people seem to really enjoy all three which is really cool because when i heard there was a sequel i was kind of like i don't think that that's necessary (laughs) i do not care (laughs) but people really like it so i'm gonna give it a shot but yeah, yeah, I, I of, highly recommend. Mm, totally, that's funny because I uh, so when I watched Three Colors Red earlier this year, and I was like, "This is," and it's still right now the, the my my top favorite first watch of this year. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I totally am motivated to go see the other two movies in this like loosely trilogy. Nice. But then mm-hmm. I just have not done that yet because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Red is considered to be like the best one, and I'm sure I'll like it the best also just based on what I liked about it, I guess. And it's the last one that came out. So I don't know. I need to watch the other two at some point, but anyways, I'm going to give a quick rundown on movies that I watched on planes in August because I had to fly to LA um, to pick up my visa early on in the month. And then I flew here. Uh, so mm-hmm. the first one I watched on the plane was Decision to Leave. I finally got to see it. I'm so jealous. Um, I don't think I had the full experience with this movie, though, because I think it's always hard to hear movies on planes. Uh, and like it worked yeah. out okay when something you've seen before. But I find it really hard to to do that for, for movies that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And also, this was at five in the morning i was flying like the actual flight was at like between six and seven probably um after i had gotten very little sleep so i did start dozing at a certain point (laughs) because but this movie is so dreamy it like added to the experience i was like so on the one hand i don't know exactly what i got from it and what it was just me like processing it um so i want to watch it again in like an actual sit-down setting um, and I'll have like a more 
uh, solidified opinion, but I am honestly also really happy for the experience that I did have watching it because it was so, it added to the dreamy nature of the movie watching experience, <laughs> watching it in the plane like that. But I really liked it. I want to watch it so bad. It's really like mesmerizing, I guess. And, and so cool. So interesting. I think it's, I, I, I really like this step from Park Chen Wook. Um, his more his more recent movies have like taken a different vibe, and while I don't know if I would say that I like The Handmaiden or this one better than some of his well specifically Old Boy. Like I think I Old Boy is one of my favorite movies, and I kind of right. hold that up like to 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 a pinnacle. But I just think that moving forward his career this way um, is just so much fun. I don't know, like it's. It, uh, it just fits and works well. And I'm glad that these are the kinds of movies that he's making these days. And uh, I really liked it, Decision to Leave. But uh, once again, I kind of need to probably see it another time before I have actually like anything actually to say about it um, mm. that I can stand upon. But I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay, nice. And uh, the camera work is, is, is wild in this one. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flights to Spain, on the various flights, I watched, I rewatched John Wick, the original one. Nice. And uh, I don't know. I think it's funny because I really like the whole series. I'm a fan. Um, but I feel like the, the the discourse that I see about it is very like polarized, whether it's like just kind of dumb or actually like good movies. Mm. And I, I think it's better to not make us take a stand on that and just enjoy for what it is. Cause I think they're, they're fun and kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after the first one is a, is a different movie from the other three, because it's, it's a little bit more taking itself seriously, but it also feels cheesy in some ways because of it taking itself seriously. So I need to rewatch the other ones, but this was a fun one to rewatch. I give it a seven out of 10 and a, a great plain movie. Mm, uh, nice. And then I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy, the third one, because oh, cool. I heard good things. And it was good. I liked okay. it. This is the first superhero movie, or like Marvel movie I've seen in a while, yeah. um, because n- no one had said good things about any of the other ones that came out. And this one was fun. I liked it. and uh, But I don't think I liked it as much as a lot of other people. But it was definitely a fun watch. And uh, nice. I had specific points about it, but at this point I don't super remember, but I gave it a six out of 10, a solid six. Very nice. Yeah. And that's, those are my plain movies. <laughs> Great collection of plain movies. Yeah. At the end of August, I watched the second pirates of the Caribbean, Amadeus and Elvira, mistress of the dark. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Yeah. What a collection. Amadeus is another one that I've been meaning to watch for forever and have not yet seen. I was wondering if you'd seen it. Uh, It's really good. I liked it a lot. Okay, let me, I'll do a quick, quick review of each. We did watch a different Milos Foreman movie for the podcast. Yeah. It was the Fireman's Ball. That's the same person? That's the same guy who did Amadeus, yeah. Whoa. Isn't that wild? That is really crazy. Very different. (laughs) Uh, wow. Sorry, continue. <laughs> the second Pirates of the Caribbean is the best one <laughs> of the series. And I, hot mean take. I mean it wholeheartedly. It's mm. so much more fun than the first one. And it, the story, the plot line makes so much more sense. The antics, they're really leveled up. And I just like love Davy Jones as a character. I don't know. He's so interesting. Mm. I love his tentacles and the way he plays piano. <laughs> way that he talks he's just great i don't know that movie was very memorable to me so it was fun to watch it and be like yeah that one goes hard i actually still haven't watched the third one so maybe ever. i'll change my i like this yeah ever well, but i like the second one better than the first one wow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's crazy amadeus really good stuff the music is fun to listen to <laughs> the costume he made the music the music etc the costumes are really good the actors are so annoying 
<laughs> in like the best way but like all of the characters in this movie are so fucking annoying dude but <laughs> it's so fun to watch like it just sort of makes sense wow. why they're competing with each other and this just like bizarre realm of classical music and opera at the time and the way that they're all so underpaid but at the same time it's considered like wildly important to have these types of shows on at all times so there's so much pressure and just no money and they're just killing themselves to make these operas it's so interesting like it really i didn't know any of that history of it so it was a really cool watch recommend amadeus it's really intense um and really kind of sad but exciting and vaguely true. I think most of it is actually not true, but it is, I don't know. It does follow the life. <laughs> vaguely <Sorry. laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some true, some probably not true. Um, but I, I actually looked into how true it is after I watched it. And um, a lot of it, the movie like focuses on a competition between Mozart and some guy. <laughs> Salieri. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I was like, he, people would know. Some <laughs> the guy. guy. <laughs> Some dude. Um, and that's probably fictional. Like, there's not really any evidence that they actually had this beef, that they were always kind of against each other. Mm. Um, but a lot of Mozart's personality in the movie, he's a really annoying person with, like, a loud laugh. He's really raunchy. He's really inappropriate at all of these, like, royal regal events and they kind of shaped his character for the movie around like actual letters that he wrote to his family members and friends where in the letters he's like annoying (laughs) and very rude but also very funny like it's all just kind of in good humor it seems you know uh so i just i thought that was kind of cool and it was good awesome and then oh yeah the other the last we watched in august was elvira mistress of the dark it was awesome. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and out of 10, you should watch Elvira Mistress of the Dark. She's maybe the funniest witch who's ever existed on who's screen. Who's ever witched. Yeah, the funniest witch to ever witch. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another movie from the perspective of an character played by f murray abraham that i watched in august was the grand budapest hotel nice which is my favorite movie of all time it was the last movie i saw at home before things got crazy i -hmm. said what am i feeling like watching tonight and i had to whip out the old blue the old criterion blu-ray that i have of grand budapest before (laughs) i would leave it behind for an entire year so that one is of course a 10 out of 10 it is perfect. Um, in August, I watched Mean Streets, directed by Martin Scorsese. Mm. This is, I think, his big break. It wasn't the first uh, like feature he directed, but I think he got he got big off of this one, uh, starring Harvey Keitel and Robert De Niro. This was a lot more experimental than I was expecting <laughs> in the way it was cut and shot. It was kind of a little bit, a couple scenes were a little bit avant-garde, dare I say. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that, but it, it was definitely like shot and cut in, a, in an interesting way. And mm. uh, it made for a really good watch. It reminded me of a lot of other things, <laughs> different things that I've seen that I'm like, oh, that was so inspired by this, or at least this type of story. Which like is probably traced back to like just the gangster genre in the 30s or whatever. But specific other movies that I'd watched recently, I was like, oh, they got a lot from this one. But I really like Mean Streets, and I think it's it's, it's a great kind of entry point. I think this is I, I don't know I haven't seen anything that he's made before this, but I think this is a great kind of intro to. Scorsese as a director and I think uh, like he definitely developed further from this but I think it works really well and it felt ahead of its time nice in a lot of ways so I give that one an 8 out of 10 nice Um, I'm crossing into September now and I watched The Big Heat this is one from my noir list (gasps) another noir movie that's something big i guess <laughs> we had the big sleep now we got the big heat 
I loved this one. This is directed by Fritz Lang, who actually was like a silent movie director and uh-huh. uh, did lots of good early sound work in Germany uh, before coming to Hollywood and had a long career doing Hollywood studio stuff. Uh, and this might be considered his best movie. It probably is his best movie from Hollywood. And oh. it works so well. There's, I don't know what about it. Like I can't, I can't really pinpoint like what specifically makes it different from other noir movies, but there's, it makes sense that Fritz Lang did it. And it makes sense it, it, something about like his sensibility and his other movies that I've seen, mostly like his German stuff that, works so well because it's a different perspective because it's kind of like within the studio, but he's doing different stuff. He's taking similar material in different directions from what a lot of other noir pictures do. There's a couple of really like genuine authentic relationships that were unexpected. And I'm always a sucker for non-romantic central male, female relationships in movies um, especially noir movies. Like one of my favorites ever is uh, this gun for hire, which is similar or just all has that in common. Like, I don't think it, the dynamic is similar as in this one, but uh, that's always something that I will appreciate when you can have uh, a man and woman be, have like a central relationship in a picture and not have it necessarily be like a, uh, a romance. Cause sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I think in the big sleep, it works great, but, but uh, that, that might be a contentious topic. <laughs> but like, this is one where it just felt like refreshing that they didn't take that route because it wouldn't, it would have cheapened it somehow. Right. If that makes sense. But uh, it just took a different tack from most other noir movies I've seen and went kind of far in some ways that I wasn't expecting and was kind of surprised by. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely a big fan. Uh, Given a nine out of ten for the big heat. Love it. And uh, it's one of the last ones from my list of like central noirs that I need to watch that I haven't seen. So I only have like two more that I haven't seen yet. So nice, very cool. Yeah. Um, I think I'll talk about one more before I hand over the mic. Um, this is actually one that I saw at the cinema, the Filmoteca called Wise Blood, directed by John Huston. <laughs> what a what a bizarre movie <laughs> this was. So they're actually doing a program uh, this month and last month, just all of John Huston's movies. And this is another one that's like past what he's best known for because he did lots of important studio movies and this is from 1979 so he's he's a little old in this one it it just feels like not necessarily his wheelhouse mm. um and there's a lot of stuff that's very interesting about this one and a lot of stuff that's just kind of wishy-washy i don't know basically it's about a guy who has lots of baggage emotional baggage and he decides he wants to be a preacher but for a religion that his central precept is that god isn't real something along those lines like it's kind of bizarre and it doesn't necessarily make clear what it's saying about religion in it which i think is something that it uh, falls a little flat on it introduces a lot of interesting concepts, but doesn't really make a clear stand one way or another. So I didn't know how I felt about that. Gotcha. Um, it does feature Harry Dean Stanton, who's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, this, he's only in it for, for a short amount of time, but he's probably the best part. <laughs> he, he plays a fake blind person. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I would definitely recommend it like to, for people to check it out because it's quite interesting. Um, and it it was it was very offbeat. If I had to describe it in one word, it would be offbeat with a hyphen, by the way. Um, seven out of ten for wise blood. Nice. Okay, the first movie I watched in September was When Harry Met Sally, um, which I had never seen before, but people love it. 
So I finally watched it. And I'm just kind of into a romance movie right now, which I feel like I've never been into in my life before. So I'm just kind of leaning into it. What's going on? I don't know. But this was another 10 out of 10 for me. I loved it. Yes. For similar reasons as why I loved uh, Before Sunrise so much. It's just the same type of like, it's just so fun and satisfying and comforting to see two people who are just so on each other's wavelength. And it's really like nice when the person who's writing the movie, like really it clicks for them how to express that. You know what I mean? Like it's clear. That's a good point. Yeah. Harry and Sally, they get each other in a way that other people don't. And the movie just makes that really believable. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. I don't know. It's just so nice at first. Have you seen when Harry met Sally? I have not. Oh my God. <laughs> Another this, one that I have. Like a record breaking amount of movies that I watched in a month yeah. that you haven't watched. Um, I got to step so, on my game. I'm, I'm slacking. I haven't really been watching too much stuff. Yeah. When the hearing the call, like, it's such a perfect fall watch. Mm. Um, it's just so comforting in so many different ways. But at first I thought I wasn't going to like it. So you meet Harry and Sally as they meet each other, like, three separate times in the course of a lot of years. And in the, the first time that they ever meet, they are annoying, especially Harry. And I was like, Harry. Oh no, I'm not going to like this movie because this male protagonist is so obnoxious. I'm not going to be able to get on board with their, you know, Just love. Like, story. The lady vanishes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but I did. They got me on board. I came around to Harry and I really didn't expect to. But I just, by the Harry end of it, I was like so happy with the like companionship that they had developed. It, it was just so awesome. It's another movie, too, where you get to see them yearn and pine a lot, which I like. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yearning and pining and longing. <laughs> um oh, what else? oh, the other thing that I really liked about this movie was this kind of theme about how it's just like, you're never really out of time. Like when you're in your mid to late twenties, it feels like a lot of people around you are putting this pressure on you to meet the love of your life and like settle down and even like, you know, find a career and whatever. Like it's, you feel like you're supposed to have things pretty established by the time that you turn 30. And in when Harry met Sally, neither of them do. And they're just both like, so okay with it. Like they're just both characters who really recognize things can change at any moment. There's not really a rush. It wasn't wasted time. And it's really, really nice and comforting to like hear them have those types of conversations. Like I just really liked that. It felt, to, I watched that movie and then I was like, I feel like time has slowed down since I watched that movie. All which right. feels really good. Yeah. yeah That's awesome. Yeah. Another one that I gotta watch that I yeah get on board with. It's really short and it's just delightful. Mm. Uh, so actually, my next one is another rom com that I've heard lots about. Then finally decided to watch uh, called Notting Hill. Do mm. you know this one? No. It's with Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Basically, she's a world famous actress, and she falls in love with this Hugh Grant guy who's. A book. Okay, so he's a bookstore owner, but the bookstore only sells travel books. Okay, what an awful business! That would never <laughs> succeed. Like that would. Oh. But uh, anyways, it, it was this one was honestly actually really cute. Um, I love Hugh Grant comedies, except that I also often am pissed off by some of the like these. I don't know. There's like British rom com formula. <laughs> that works sometimes, but there's certain things that they all do that piss me off. Like there's some of the bits that they go for in this. The other one that I'm thinking of is like four weddings and a funeral, which also um, has like Hugh Grant falling in love with an American. But uh, um, I don't know. They just, they'll just like linger on a joke for too long and it'll just get annoying. And I don't know, <laughs> just certain things. But other than that, this was super cute and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. There's a very iconic quote in this one that uh, I didn't know was from this one, but I've seen in a, in a couple places. And so now I get the reference and that's fun. What is it? Uh, you have to watch the movie and find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> the only British oh, from British people. Yeah, oh, no, that's why British. you haven't seen. 
The only huh. British rom-com I've, I think I've ever seen is Love Actually, right? That's British. Yeah. Yeah. I would throw that in the same category. Okay. I did not like that movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think British rom-coms are for me. And that well, really checks out based mm. on the patterns of my behavior. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know if I'd throw Love Actually fully into that category, but the Hugh Grant section of Love Actually, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Love Actually is so bizarre because it's it's I so know. beloved by some people and also so... I'm a hater. Hated by other people. And it's just me. it's just such a weird movie in general. Cause some of the storylines I think are really good and some are just very bad and weird and sometimes problematic. And it's just what an odd movie. I like I'm very glad that love actually exists. Mm-hmm. But I just don't I don't get it. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a it's an enigma, I guess. Yeah, I would have to agree. Cool. And then I had four rewatches in a row which is kind of odd for me. I'm usually trying to watch new stuff, but I'm just going to run through those real quickly. Uh, I watched the Batman um, with my roommate is one of her favorite movies. Robert Pattinson one. That's the one. I really like this one. (laughs) I think it's like a little bit. Yeah. We talked about it. We like talked about it at a good length when it came out, but uh, I really like it. It's like, I did feel the length this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I just think it, 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 it all, it all works together. Like, yeah, it could have been cut down a bit, but I just really like the vibe that it sets. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, I it, it works out well, but I, I give the Batman a solid eight out of 10. Oh, I gave okay. Notting Hill a six. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, I, I think I also gave Batman an eight out of 10 when it came out and I really like it. Nice. Um, and then I was feeling kind of like a little, uh, I don't even know down in the dumps isn't quite quite the right word, but I needed a fun pick me up of some old classic Hollywood dancing specifically. So I put on a, a, an old Fred and ginger classic top hat. Nice. Um, this is one I, so top hat and swing time are the two best ones. And swing time is the one that I like a little bit better, but I couldn't find that one. Mm. which is a bad way to introduce a movie that I actually really like because Top Hat is also quite good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It was just a fun time. Like it's, it's a silly fun watch and they dance so well. Nice. That's the awesome. dancing is so cool. I don't know. Eight out of 10 uh, for Top love Hat. A dance number in a movie. Yeah. So much for me. Multiple dance numbers. A movie about dance. A movie about <laughs> dancing. <laughs> There's no topping that. That's the <laughs> pinnacle. Um, and then I rewatched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, nice. I really like this one. I also, I watched this with my roommates and our friend, like some, just some friends. Um, mm-hmm. And they said it was a little bit cheesy. I disagree. Oh, I, I fully agree. I think that it goes insanely hard and like, yeah, there are some parts that are like ridiculous about it, but I think that adds to it. And just like the way that it's shot. So grimily on that 16, like the grittiness of it. Yeah. I don't agree. There's no cheesiness to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's very real. I actually bumped it up from a nine to a 10. I think it's a solid 10 out of 10. I actually talked about it on the radio last night. I was doing like a free Halloween show and somebody texted in and asked what are my top five favorite horror movies that i included texas yeah yeah it's a 10 out of 10 for me and then every year on my birthday oh i also turned 23 i didn't talk about that but it was my birthday last week and uh i'm sure i've talked about on here every year on my birthday every year i watch ratatouille for my birthday and so i kept that one up nice and uh yeah never gets old i Love Ratatouille. <laughs> it is such a good movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Just remember, when we were just talking about dance movies. I just remembered a movie that I watched last month that I didn't log on my letterbox. And I need mm. to do that. But I watched Fern Gully, the okay. cartoon from like the 90s. Have you ever seen it before? Uh, when I was very small. I don't it's remember hilarious. really. I had never even heard of it. And then I was babysitting my little cousins and they were like, oh. we need to watch Fern Gully. I said, it's Fern Gully time. And I, and I, yeah, Get and with like, it. 
<laughs> um, but there's like a really funny dance number in that movie that mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting at all. It was really cute. I don't think I like it that much. I also fairly recently rewatched The Road to El Dorado for the first time in my adulthood. And I yes. feel very similarly about Fern Gully and The Road to El Dorado, just in that like, I can see how it would be so appealing as a child. And also watching it as a grown up is like, did a grown up write this movie? Like, it doesn't really ha- follow like a logical. <laughs> direction uh-huh. of a film like it doesn't really have anything to say mm. it, it feels like it was made like by kids for kids somehow but it is you know certainly there were adults involved in the making yeah. <laughs> there had to have been come yeah. on now <laughs> um but yeah the only other movie that i really wanted to tell you that i watched last month was cat people and i watched it because oh it actually real on. quick before you go on Mm-hmm. I wanted to make a last point about Ratatouille. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I cry more and more every time I watch it at the last scene. <laughs> That's so funny. Every time I watch Ratatouille, I I think I produce like volume of tears. Like if you gathered my tears from this most recent watch, you could drink them if you so chose. <laughs> I have never That's how much I cried. And it, it's more and more every time. And I'm just like, That's it's just so, so nice that they get to have their own restaurant at the end. <laughs> They're all living their best life. It's just such a perfect like conclusion to a movie. It makes me so emotional and I cry. I, I've been. That's so funny. I've never cried at Ratatouille. Maybe I should watch The it last again. like three years <laughs> and more and more each year. So, so at funny. this rate, it'll pass up Coco is my most, my most volume of tier movie. No way. Just watch Coco again. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> So I think I think the the three movies that I like have cried so much at have been Coco, Ratatouille, and Nashville, which is such a weird, such a weird like combination of movies because one is sad, one is nuts. I don't know. I don't know. But mine are my definitely Coco is the one that I I cry. I've seen Coco probably four or five times, and I've cried a lot mm-hmm. every single time. And I think that might be my only movie that makes me feel that way. But I also like really sobbed in the theater when I was watching everything everywhere all at once. Mm. That one, like I've only seen it the one time, but it really, mm. really got to me. I cried for like the whole second half of the movie. Mm. Yeah. I cry. I cried at that one, but like a, a little yeah. bit, you know, like, a- Oh my God. I was just, I was bawling. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. I watched yeah. cat people. Cat people. Um, and I watched, it just kind of like popped up in like the October selection of, uh, or the fall selection, I guess, because this was in September of um, HBO. And I saw it and I was like, oh, I think Evan like loves that movie and wants me to watch it. So I put it on and then I was like, it's like not that good. <laughs> and then I looked at your letterbox and I remembered that it was the black cat. The black cat, uh, which is on Criterion this month, which I think you should watch okay. at some point because it's yeah. also a very short watch. I okay, I'll watch that this month. But yeah, I watched Cat People and I was like, I don't think I get it all that much. It's good. Like I like the concept that she is a panther. That's really cool to me. <laughs> so I don't think it was like executed all that well. So the thing with Cap and this is I didn't really like it when I watched it, but then I read more about it and now I want to check it out again and see how I feel again. Um, it was a big deal because it was the first time where they didn't show the danger hmm. on the camera. <laughs> like the unknown was scarier. Um, and oh. it's because they had no budget and, uh, the, they, they, they kind of spoofed this in a, another movie. Um, get what it's called, but it's directed by Vincente Manelli and it has Kirk Douglas. In it. We watched it from one of my classes, but basically the cat costume looked dumb. So they're like, it'll be a lot scarier if we don't show it. <laughs> so then they're like, now you're afraid, like you, you get more afraid of the unknown. So it was like a big step forward in that, but like yeah. just the experience watching it, I didn't, I didn't think it was that great either when I saw yeah, it, it for the great. first time. So I did notice though, that they like, didn't show the cat like attacking people. And I liked that. I liked what they came up with to like work around it. Like you just mm-hmm. kind of hear the cat sometimes or like, you'll see shadows. And there's one scene that I really loved where the main character, she's like weeping on a couch and she has her hand up like this. And mm-hmm. when she takes her hand away, you can see that she totally clawed down the couch the way that a cat would. I thought that, that was really yeah. clever. 
helpful. There, so there were some moments, like I didn't hate it by any means, but I just didn't really get that much out of it. And I was mm-hmm. talking to Adam about it a couple of days ago because we watched it together. And I was like, I think that you like could read really far into the commentary of this movie. Like, I think you, if you wanted to, you could say that it's saying a lot about women and like, I, I don't know, the way that like this sort of, sometimes like women's sensuality is represented in this like very feline type of nature. And like, ultimately it just comes out of being oppressed by different people and it's harmful to both men and women. And Adam and I are talking about it. And then he was like, I don't think the movie actually was like trying to say that though. And I was like, yeah, me neither. Like, I really don't. like, I think if you wanted to, you could pretend that it was like, you can pull that type of messaging from it, but I genuinely don't think that that's what its intention was. I think it was just kind of like, what if this lady was a cat? (laughs) That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nuts, huh? (laughs) Uh, The movie I was thinking about is The Bad and the Beautiful. It's about a producer and uh, one of just the the inspiration um, for a specific sequence was Val Luton, who actually produced uh, Cat People as well as some other low-budget horror movies. Um, and uh, they they talked. They had a scene that was based specifically off of what they did in Cat People in that one. Did you have any other movies? No, not really. I have others, but I don't really have that much to say about them. Do okay. You? Uh, yeah. So the last thing I watched, and I'm actually surprised that you have not. Well, maybe you have, but the four short films that Wes Anderson put on Netflix recently, based off of Roald Dahl short stories. I did not know about this. Oh, yeah. They so the the original one or the the one was uh put up a few days ago. Uh and then okay. the other three just happened to be posted like the day that I decided to watch the other one. So I just watched them all in one night and uh, Oh my god, that's so exciting. I want yeah. to watch them. They're on Netflix? <laughs> yep. I don't know why I just like haven't heard a single thing about this. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But the big one is the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. It's a 40 minute and then there's three other uh, Roald Dahl short stories that were a little more under the radar that nice. just got posted um, that are all about like 20 minutes or so. This is so exciting. I want to watch this tonight. Yeah. So we can talk about those next time then. Yeah. Uh, because to. also we were supposed to both watch a movie and I just didn't. It's <laughs> so like originally, so originally we scheduled to record this episode earlier and we talked about it then. Yeah. And I even woke up early today to watch them. Oh no. <laughs> I feel bad now. No, don't feel bad. I do. I'm excited to talk about it with you though. I really liked it. And I think that you will too. It was very powerful. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciating with painful. <laughs> Just so you know, okay. No, I'm shy. Yeah, because I like just looking at the synopsis and stuff. Yeah. So my original plan was to do a double feature of horror movies for October, but we can nice. either. I think we can just watch one. We can each, we can pick the two and then just watch them different weeks. So I think next okay. week, because there's one that I specifically want to check out and was okay. going to recommend. So I think we can talk about Cria Cuervos, which is the one that. I did not watch. It's a it's a Spanish movie, uh, and I wanted to watch a Spanish movie for the uh-huh. for my my new home. Um, and then we can also talk about the Wes Anderson Roald Dahl shorts, um, okay. and then also this movie that I want to see, which is called Phantom of the Paradise, directed by Brian De Palma. Cool, sounds great. And uh, yeah. it's not really a horror movie. Well, it is, but it is. I don't know. I don't. I just heard lots of interesting things about this, and I'm very curious to see what it's all about. Uh, okay. It's a rock opera hybrid of Phantom of the Opera and Faust. Okay. But uh, I just think it'll be a very interesting movie to talk about, and I want to yeah, want to see it. Weird. So that'll be my pick, and then you pick uh, a horror movie for the next week. I think. Okay, sounds good. Should be a fun way to do it. Cool. Cool. That's what's up. Um, so we can probably call it a day, save our our very best feature, some would say, <laughs> of every episode at the end when we recommend an album. And I actually have a few albums that I want to talk about because it's been so long. Okay, cool. So I don't know which if you have like an out al- like one album, uh go for it. Okay. 
Oh, I had chosen one album. <laughs> I was gonna ta- I was gonna recommend Jake Bug's first album, which is just called Jake Bug. Okay. I really like Jake Bug. I, he's kind of fallen off my radar. I don't know if he's like put anything out in recent times, and I've just like missed it. Mm. But his first album is just very like a just a quintessential fall album for me. I don't really like know why. It just sounds very fall ish to me. But since you're gonna talk about multiple albums i'll tell you all that you should listen to my fall playlist uh it's called one foot in the grave and three feet on a banana peel and it's so good i listened to it this weekend on my drive to palisade and i was like i just crushed it with this one like (laughs) this songs are just so fall and i just like really love it so there's a song from the jake bug album on there there's a couple songs from like the kinks the zombies the smiths fall bands people it's good. All bands. <laughs> I like it. Put it on. I've also been starting to listen to my own fall playlist, even though the, it is not fall here. It, it is, but it isn't. It's like 30 degrees still every day, which is in, in, in Fahrenheit numbers, have no idea. Like, <laughs> like 80s or 90s. Yeah, it's actually been really high here too, still, so, but the leaves are falling. So. It's, it's ridiculous. I kind of hate it. It's too hot, too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I uh, there's been a lot of good stuff releasing. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually have three, my top three albums that I've just been listening to plus an honorable mention because I talked about it when it came out, but snake sideways by do nothing is mm-hmm. so good. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, and I, I like did that for the week, whatever, that whatever episode we recorded the week it came out, but I just want to reiterate that that one goes crazy. So two of the three are new ones is the new cherry glazer album, which is mm-hmm. called, I'm not even sure. I don't want you anymore. Nice. I really like cherry glazer and, uh, I will always be a fan. This new album is pretty great. I've, I've listened to it just a couple of times. But uh, I'm a big fan. I just, I'll, I'll like pretty much anything that she puts out, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and then we also have the, a new Slaughter Beach Dog album uh, out. Uh, it is called Crying, Laughing, Waving, Smiling. Nice. Uh, yeah, I also really like Slaughter Beach Dog. Some of their sing- the singles that first got me into them were more kind of like spoken word e and this is kind of more in the middle of that vibe and less of that vibe i don't know but uh yeah i really like that one too and then i got into an album that you're probably super familiar with because it's by sufjan stevens it's the oh. illinois album yeah i love that album which is I so recommended that twice on here. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure you recommended it before because I know you did Carrie and Lowell twice specifically. Yeah. That's and I'm like sure you've done that one at least once. But uh, yeah, I love Illinois. Come on, the, feel the Illinois. Yeah, I really got into that one. I just listened to it. I downloaded it because there was a couple songs that I was grooving to, and I was like, you know what? I'll just download this. So I I downloaded it for my flight. Uh, or just my travels to Bel- uh, Brussels and back. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a, I don't know. It just works so well as an album, even though all the songs are fairly different. Like it, it, it fits together, but it's also very wide ranging, I guess. It I, is. I really dig it. There's, I have songs from the album on playlists that are just like wildly different. Like yeah. it's really crazy how much I've kind of like drawn from that album. But mm. they are night zombies or they were night zombies. Oh, yeah. Uh, is like, like a couple fall playlists of mine. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is the first time I really listened to that album, like fully there's a, a, a pretty good handful of songs that I like from it, mm-hmm. but I don't think I ever just like kind of played it through. And I just think it works so well in that way too, even though, you know, you can, you can go a lot of different directions with the songs on it. Really impressive album. I love Sufjan Stevens. Mm. Oh, he's so cool. I hope he's all right. Best wishes. Yeah, we're rooting for you, Sufjan Stevens. I also, real quick before we go, earlier today I bought my Wise Blood tickets. Woohoo! Because she was in Colorado, like Denver or Boulder or somewhere on August the 15th. And I left for Spain on August the 14th. So I thought I would never see her live on this tour. 
but she's coming to Madrid on the day before Halloween. And I just bought tickets to go see her then. Nice. I'm so excited. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to make that known because <laughs> huge. I'm announced. sure listeners know of my, my vast love for wise blood <laughs> in, in a way that the people, my friends here don't understand, I guess I have to <laughs> share it here. Cool. I think that's all we got for this one. I guess we're, we're so. running low on time anyways, but uh, what a great return. And uh, I think we should be fairly consistent with being weekly um, yeah. now that we're both kind of in a schedule, right? Yeah. Next Monday, I'll actually be in Rhode Island. Mm. <laughs> but after that, every Monday, it's just okay. totally. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so yeah, lots to be excited for. We're back in action and uh, we're going to have another October celebration, which is always fun here so. on the pod. The best time of the year. We always we always dig up the weirdest horror movies that like are kind of not even that horror like that really horror movies to watch, and it's always fun. It is always fun. I'm just gonna say thank you so much for listening, and uh, thanks for sticking with us. And hopefully, we'll be able to be back and uh, just do great things this week. Mm-hmm. We both believe in you, and thanks for believing in us. If you do, yeah, so. thanks. <laughs> thanks for being here for our triumphant return. Yeah. See you soon. (laughs) See you soon. Bye now.